Amen. Hey, when you guys sit down, can we like say praise the Lord and put our hands together and worship the Lord for a second? Yeah. Thank you, musicians. You guys are awesome. All right, y'all. Here we go. Um, 15 years. Holy cow. Um, it's so good to be here with you guys. And here's, here's the thing. Some people didn't know if I'd be speaking, and I told them I got, I've been given one minute per year. So we're going to see how that goes. We're going to see how that goes. But I can tell you now, I'm already off note. Um, can I just tell you something that happens to me now? Um, I get caught up in stuff like this. All right. I used to like not have a nostalgic bone in my body, and those days are over. And I get caught up in stuff like this, and then here's what happens to me sometimes. I never see it coming, but if I end up in a space with too many people from Springbrook at the same time, I get a little wrecked. Because um, I miss you guys a lot. Um, I love you guys. And um, see, sorry. Um, it's really good to be together. It's really good to be together. And uh, I'm so excited about what God has done in the life of our church. Um, 15 years is still, people keep asking me like what I'm thinking about it or how I'm feeling about it. And I still, I just don't know how to feel about it. Um, it just seems like it's been, it seems too long. 15 years sounds old. Um, this is our quinceanera. Are you kidding me? 15 years. We're talking like, like driver's permit and braces. That's old. 15 years, like I cannot, I can't get my head around it. I don't feel like I'm old enough for this church to be 15 years old. I don't feel like I'm old enough for this church to be starting now. Um, but for this to be 15 years is just, it's wild for me. And it's a big one. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I've put sort of an enormous amount of pressure on myself. Like Easter level amounts of pressure to be uh, just inspirational in this moment and give some sort of a stirring retrospective on the last 15 years and move us all to tears and jettison off, you know, jettison us off into the next 15 years. And that was my expectation. If those are your expectations, you want to go ahead and lower them right now. So I tried that for a while and then I gave up a couple of days ago and I said, I just, I don't, I don't think I, I, I don't think I have that in me. I'm just going to go honest and unfiltered for just a second here. Um, here is my reflection on 15 years. You ready? Uh, I still can't believe any of this worked. <laughs> that's, that's the thought that I can't get away from. How I cannot believe that literally any of this worked. 100% of this is the hand of God, period. 100% of it is the work of God, period. There's no other way to look at it. And like, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be like unnecessarily self-deprecating. Like I know I'm good at a couple of things, and I know we've got an incredible staff, and there's lots of great leaders. There are like logical reasons why this could work and even succeed, but it has never been more apparent to me than it is right now that every single part of this, everything that has happened has been because God has put his hand on it, and he decided for it to work, period. So I'm, that's where I'm at. I'm just praising the Lord for his, for his faithfulness, because nothing else could have brought us to here. And that's it. That's my stirring retrospective. That's, that's all I had. Um, I want to take, take just a couple minutes, and I hope I can keep your attention for a couple minutes. I know it's sort of a weird space, and it's hot, 
I felt like I should work out a sermon illustration about hell or something, or something about the fire of the Holy Spirit, or the wind of the Spirit, maybe, would be more inspirational. Um, I'm not going to do any of that. I, I, randomly, I want to tell you about a guy named Bill Hackney. Uh, Bill Hackney was, uh, he's a good old boy from Blount County. He is a farmer, just had a few acres over in Friendsville, Tennessee. Um, thing about Bill Hackney, he happened to be alive during the 1860s. And the 1860s were, you don't have to be a historian to know those were, that was a critical time in the history of our nation. There's a lot going on with the Civil War, and that was the time that we were, as a nation, deciding the type of nation that we were going to be. In the 1860s, we were deciding which way we were going to go. And Bill Hackney was just a good old boy with a farm in Blount County who happened to be here in the 1860s, which actually, this place, if you don't know it, this is a very strategically important place for that time in our history. Um, quick history lesson here, Tennessee seceded, or Tennessee seceded from the Union and sided with the Confederates. That's of course well known. What's not really well known is that the folks in East Tennessee were dramatically against that. When, East, when Tennessee seceded from the Union, East Tennessee tried to secede from Tennessee. That's true. It was a full-on rebellion, and the center of that was Blount County, where we voted against slavery in this county, on the land you're on right now, by a more than four to one ratio. So it was an interesting thing. We had like these deep union loyalties right here in Blount County. Guys, I don't, just real quick side note, because I can't get this close to this piece of information and not tell it to you right now. In 1869, four years after the Civil War, Blount County, Maryville had a black mayor. In 1869, the second nation in our, the second city in our nation to have a black mayor and the first one in a predominantly white community. That's incredible. And William B. Scott was his name. He's an incredible, incredible man. And so what's interesting is this little plot of land that we're on right now was strategically positioned to be this incredible beacon of equality and hope. And that, so that's the strategic place that we were at when Bill Hackney was around. And so we sat here just south of the Mason-Dixon line right here with all of these union ideals right here and it ended up making right here a perfect place for the Underground Railroad. So if you don't know where the Underground Railroad was, that was a secret network of safe places that were designed to help runaway slaves find freedom in the north. Which brings me back to Bill Hackney. Bill Hackney was just a good old boy with a farm in Friendsville, but he loved Jesus with his whole heart. And he was deeply opposed to slavery. He believed it was offensive to the heart of God and to the teaching of Scripture. He also happened to have a cave on his land, which was perfect for hiding groups of people who were seeking freedom. So our boy Bill Hackney decided to risk prison, to risk the safety of his family, everything that he had, so that he could join God in the renewal of all things. And so Bill, with his farm and his cave and his convictions, became one of the truly great conductors of the Underground Railroad. I want to read you something that was written about him. 
When the provisions grown upon Hackney's farm were exhausted, the family bought more. They actually impoverished themselves by feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, caring for the stranger, very few of whom were able to recompense them in any way. William Hackney did not require that a man should be of his opinion in all things in order to receive any assistance in his, in his power to give. William considered it his duty and privilege to do what he could to aid the man on his way. Here's the summary. More than 2,000 slaves on their way to freedom came through Bill Hackney's farm. And General Burnside, who was uh, with the Union Army, found out about William Hackney. And he tried to give him rewards for all that he did. He rejected all of them. He tried to give him a, a really high-paying job. He rejected all of that too because Bill wasn't about any of that stuff. He was just a good old boy with a farm in Friendsville who had a way to help people. And he wasn't eloquent. He wasn't forceful. He wasn't ambitious. He was just obedient. And he had an opportunity to join God in the renewal of all things because of the time and the place that he found himself and he took advantage of it. Salt of the earth, light of the world. Now, there's a reason why I'm telling Bill Hackney's story right now as we are kind of pivoting into the next 15 years of our church and where we sit in this place just a few months away from a new decade, 2020, right around the corner. The 1860s were a pivotal time. We were deciding what type of nation we were going to be, what type of people we were going to be. And that time of transition paved the way for Bill Hackney and his family to live out their faith in this beautiful submission to Christ in spite of the sacrifices, in spite of the risk, in spite of the danger. Here's why I'm saying all of this. Listen, I think the 2020s will be remembered a lot like the 1860s. A time when we were deciding what type of people we were going to be. What type of nation we were going to be. I think it's a really interesting spot that we find ourselves in right here, right now, with this like feverish technological boom, which by the way, we've never seen anything like it before in the history of the world. We can lose context. We need to pull the camera back and realize the world is shrinking rapidly. This is a really unique time. There's another thing that's going on in our broader culture. I want you to think about it. Rapidly on the rise is a sense of compassion and decency across the board in our culture. And rapidly on the rise at the same time is a, some of the most vile and wicked, selfish and evil things imaginable. And they're both rising sharply simultaneously. And guys, it's going to come to a head. It's going to come to a head in the next 15 years. It's going to come to a head in the decade that we are moving into right now. And what I think is the, this actual ground that you're on, I think it is fertile ground for revival. I also think it's fertile ground for falling away. I really do. Because this is a time when we decide who we are and what we're going to be about. And also, I think that's why we're here right now. 
I think that's why God has carried us 15 years to this moment in order to lead us into the next 15 years. So uh, don't misunderstand me. I, I don't know the future. I'm not trying to prophesy right now. That's not happening. But I truly believe that the next 15 years will be marked by choosing. Choosing what may or may not be popular or may or may not even be risky. And I think very much like Bill Hackney, our time and our place, this moment, this place, I believe will present us with the opportunity to choose the sacrificial way of Jesus, no matter what the cost might be, to join God in the renewal of all things, and to do it in deeply beautiful, God-honoring, and costly ways. I think an invitation to obedience is in front of us as we pivot into the next 15 years. I've said for years now that there's something really special when we gather. Every it happens in Springbrook. It happens in Maryville. Something really special about when we gather. Something about the air that we breathe. And it's this weird thing that I know I'm caught up on and I talk about it all the time. But that when we gather to worship, we don't... The Bible says that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And we always say, but not, not this air. Not when we gather to worship. When we gather to worship, we bring... We breathe kingdom air. That's what makes it so deeply healing. We breathe the air of the kingdom. And the reason why I'm glad, you know, strange as it is to sort of be a, kind of spread out in this spot in a place like this, the reason why I'm glad that we're right now here with our feet in the dirt in this place is because as we pivot into the next 15 years, I want us to breathe the air of this town, of this city. This is, this is our place. Springbrook's right over there. The Maribel Vineyard's right over there. We're right in the heart of the town that God has called us to love and serve well. And so what I want us to do is take just a, just a couple of seconds here, and maybe the band can come on up. They're, we're going to get another song with the band, and you guys can celebrate and be real loud. But I want to first lead us in a prayer that's mostly you. Mostly you in your mind, asking yourself, what in the coming decade, what in maybe the next 15 years, and maybe what in the next few days might God be inviting me to do as I breathe the air of this city in order to join Him in what He's doing here in this place? How might He be inviting us to choose? To choose to join Him in the renewal of all things, to join Him into the things that might be costly, that might be difficult, that might be challenging, but will be deeply beautiful, will be honoring to Christ, and will breathe new life into, I believe, again, the fertile ground for revival in this place. Well, we'll go back to celebrating and partying and hopefully eating pizza and cookies and all the stuff, but can we take just a couple minutes now and ask the Lord, as we pivot into the next 15 years, what God is calling you to do to join Him in the renewal of all things. Can I lead you in that prayer? Father, I'm so deeply grateful for what you have done in the life of this church. And I have thought about the lives that have been changed, the people that have met you, the hundreds who have been baptized, the beautiful things that you have done that have shaken us to the core, that have far blown our expectations to bits as we started this thing 15 years ago. 
And the list in my mind is long and it's exciting, but what stands out so vividly to me is that you have carried us every step of the way. It has been the work of your hand, period. And we're not here because Aaron's the pastor or because Sharon's great or Lindsay can bring it and all the great things we've got going. We're not here because we're here because the king of the universe decided to put the vineyard right here, right now. You've put us here and you've made us healthy and you've grown us and you've made us strong because you intended to invite us to join you in the renewal of all things and to breathe the air of the kingdom into this town. You've invited us to risk. You've invited us to sacrifice. You've invited us to obey. You have invited us into the greatest challenge imaginable, which is to follow you wherever you lead. And now, Lord, as we look back in awe at what you've done, we now look ahead with even greater anticipation. And we say, God, this church is yours. It's always been yours. And the plans that you have for us, I believe they are great. But those plans are great simply because you are great. All you need is obedient people. That's all you've ever asked for. Humble people who will say, yes, Lord, I'll do whatever you put me up to. And now, Lord, as we breathe the air of this town that we love, surrounded by these people that you've called us to, would you speak to us now? I know this isn't the type of thing that we talk about typically on an anniversary celebration, but I really believe the invitation from the Lord right now is to obedience, to follow Him wherever He leads. And how powerful might it be if we, as God's people in the center of the city, would say to Him now, Lord, I will do whatever You tell me to do. I will go wherever You tell me to go. I will speak to whomever You would challenge me to speak. I will join You in the renewal of all things. I will follow You, Lord. So, Father, we as a church now, we give You our yes. We say, yes, we want to go your way. We want to follow you wherever you may lead. And it is our prayer and it is our heart's cry that it would lead to the renewal, to revival in this place. To these people that we love, this town that we adore and that you've called us to. We love you, Jesus. We welcome you to use us. As John Wimber said, we're loose change in your pocket, God. Spend us however you see fit. And with as much sincerity and faith as we can muster right now, we say, Lord, we're yours. We'll risk for you. We'll sacrifice for you. We'll be bold for you. And we'll follow you. And every bit of it will be pleasing to you as we stumble along the way but we do so with obedient hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for inviting us into your family, for changing us, for renewing us, and then inviting us to join you in what you're doing. 
Amen. Amen. Hey, if you want to, stand up. We're going to sing another one. Just hold it for two seconds. <laughs>